Welcome to another installment of the Sports Rap Podcast right here on Heat 100 Radio. It is your boy, Sports Rap D, in the building. Um, looks like I'm going to be flying solo again today. But nonetheless, you know what it is, you know what we do. Got a lot of energy today. I'm feeling good. So we're going to get to what we need to get to. We got NBA playoffs, like my second favorite time of the year. You know, I always tell you my first, my ultimate favorite time of the year is... The NCAA tournament, Martinez, Margarita, Cuzzo, thanks for tuning in so early on a Monday. I appreciate it. Uh, NCAA tournament is my favorite, favorite time of the year. But NBA playoffs are like running a very, very close second. And although I am a major NBA fan, but the playoffs is just something about the playoffs and the energy and the start of a new season and what's on the line that brings a lot of energy and everything out of the playoffs. So, you know what we do. We give you your news, catch you up from the weekend in sports. We get to some scores, and then we get into the meat of the show. Apologies for my tardiness. You heard earlier uh, today the morning rush, the new morning rush was here. Um, a former show was reintroduced today. Shout out to uh, Franchine, Sweet Franchine, and the Soul Opera coming back to Heat 100 Radio, and you know you can always follow me and I will get you all the information. If you can't find it, the link is in the bio. The RDO is in the bio, so everything you need is in the bio. Sports Rap Podcast, the group page on Facebook where we are live right now, it's in the description there, and it is also in the bio on Instagram at sportswrap underscore D. So we're going to get to these news and some updates. First, the Phoenix Suns owner has retired Uh, is retiring as a bank executive amid an NBA probe. We are going to talk a little bit about that NBA probe with the Phoenix Suns owner in a little bit. Also, Debo Samuel says he was sent racist messages and death threats. I don't understand that. I don't know why. Uh, Debo was a major, major factor in the 49ers' success this season, so I don't understand why he would be getting racist messages and death threats I'm a little bit out of the ordinary for me a little bit confusing ohio state university pays out two million to settle more sexual abuse cases so you know we always talk about those cases and we always bring them to you when we catch them and we see but they are apparently trying to settle some things where they just said they paid two million to settle some more sexual abuse cases so with that being settled i'm sure some more will come up very soon so be on the lookout for them cardinals linebacker kylie fitz is retiring he is citing concussions so we all know that situation there they had the movie concussion uh, about the cte and the concussions in football we've had some we had several players uh in the past retire early or earlier than they would like to because of concussions and they want to be able to live their lives and have a sustainable life after football because we know how violent of a sport uh, football is. So shout outs to him um, for taking care of himself and wanting to take care of himself and getting out early. Stan Groovy Laws, coach, thanks for tuning in, bro. Blessings back to you as well. Yeah, we're going to talk, uh, Stan, because I'm definitely going to be at the uh, your game the uh showcase so i'm definitely going to pop in on that so we'll definitely um get in touch or i'll get in touch with you and we can definitely talk about that 
the Carolina Panthers apparently have the inside track on making a trade for Baker Mayfield. There are reports out that plaintiffs in the for Deshaun Watson and for his cases have subpoenaed the Houston, Texas. So we'll see um, how that plays out. And again, I think this is going to be a heavy, uh, long and drawn out uh, situation. Um, hopefully it doesn't carry too much weight for Deshaun Jackson moving forward because they found some things that were made the allegations unfounded. And yes, and I think I got that number, but appreciate you dropping that in for me. I'm going to make sure um, I get in touch with you. Uh, if not later today, Stan, it'll definitely be one day this week. Uh, a protester during the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Memphis Grizzlies playoff game chained herself to the basket stanchion in a protest. She was quickly removed and they proceeded on with the game with no injuries to any other particulars as far as the players no injuries to her really and it wasn't a really major scene that was done you know she posed as a worker then she got there and she pulled out this chain it was a small chain so they didn't have much to do to get her out but they removed her and uh, escorted her out of the building Malik thanks for tuning in um Luka Doncic is likely to miss game two of the playoffs in that series against the Utah Jazz the Raptors tonight um, will go up against the Sixers again in South Philly. They will likely be without Scotty Barnes, Thaddeus Young, and Gary Trent Jr. All right now are doubtful for tonight's game. Uh, on the Sixers' side, the only injuries, nothing major to report there. Jaden Springer uh, is reported to be questionable, and Charles Bassey is out with a shoulder issue. The Colts um, have officially today signed cornerback Stefan Gilmore to a two-year $23 million deal. There will be an ESPN 30 for 30 series that's going to feature the LA Clippers and their owner, owner Donald Sterling, and all of the mess that happened with him when he was forced out of uh, ownership. It's coming to the big screen, and funny, good morning, Frank, and funny, I've been reading that Lawrence Fishburne is allegedly slated to portray a uh, former coach at the time, Doc Rivers, in this uh, 30 for 30 that is set for the big screen. Over the weekend, Errol Spence made his return to the ring. He retains his title with the TKO win over you guys on Saturday night. Sixers playoffs are back in motion. I'm going to get to some scores right now. But one quick note of reference here, Tyrese Maxey. We all know the game that he played, that he had on Saturday night. A great game for a Sixers player, which put him in the history books. With that game, Tyree Maxey became the first Sixers player ever to have 38 points and zero turnovers in the playoff game. So shout-outs to him for that. Okay, uh, Frank, enjoy the vacay, bro. Um, moving on to scores and things of that nature, we're going to start with the Major League Baseball scores. Uh, again, we got some baseball for us this spring. Um, it was a long pull to get some baseball, but nonetheless, we do have some baseball. So we'll be getting more into some baseball stuff as the season progresses. Just bear with me um, on that note. 
The Yankees get blanked by the Orioles 5-zip. The Red Sox defeat the Twins 8-1. The Pirates beat the Nationals 5-3. The Blue Jays get past the A's 4-3. The Mets blank the Diamondbacks 5-zip. The Phillies were in Florida, in Miami, facing off against the Marlins, who for some reason just seemed to be the Achilles heel for the Phillies. They lose that game yesterday 11-3. The Giants beat the Guardians 8-1. The Cardinals fall to the Brewers 6-5. The Rays beat the White Sox 9-3. The Angels get hit by the Rangers 8-3. The Cubs push, push, push their way past the Rockies 6-4. The Dodgers beat up on the Reds 9-1. The Mariners get some runs and a lot of bats working against the Astros. They take that game 7-2. And then the tight one in the nightclub of last night's schedule, the Pirates outlast the Braves 2-1. There was one game postponed. Uh, the Tigers at the Royals was postponed yesterday. In the NHL, Robert Reeves, thanks for tuning in as always. In the NHL, the Panthers get by the Red Wings 6-1. The Flyers fall to the Sabres 5-3. The Sharks fall in a close one to the Wild 5-4. The Blues put something on the Predators 8-3. The Islanders fall to the Maple Leafs 4-2. And in another fairly close game, the Blue Jackets fall to the Ducks 6-4. Moving on to Hez Green. Good looking, bro. Appreciate you. Moving on to our NBA playoff scores. NBA games, more, round one, more game ones uh, in round one yesterday. The Hawks get beat all up and down the court by the Miami Heat 115-91. Arguably, in my opinion, again, arguably the best game yesterday. The Nets fall to the Celtics on a buzzer beater by Jason Tatum, 115 to 114. The Bulls have a horrible shooting night. They fall to the Bucks, although they did fight and push the Bucks to step their game up late in that game yesterday. The Bucks, however, prevail 93 86. And the Pelicans fall to the Suns, 110-99. Looks like the Suns are pretty much in playoff form, picking up right where they left off last season in the NBA playoffs. So, with that being said, the first thing I want to get to is I want to talk about what I mentioned in the uh, opening with the Suns owner retiring um, from a chairman of a bank amid this NBA probe, or this NBA investigation. So, says Phoenix Sun, he's the majority owner. His name is Robert Sarver. He is retiring as an executive chairman with Western Alliance Bank Corporation in June, and it will end his two-decade tenure, 20 years. 20 years he was there. So we're probably just getting um, a little snack or a little tidbit of what, possibly went on with this gentleman. Um, his departure comes amid the NBA's investigation into the Suns and Sarver. In early November 2021, ESPN published a story with allegations of racism and misogyny in a sometimes hostile and toxic workplace during Sarver's 17-year tenure as a majority owner. Of course, he has denied those allegations. It's always a quick denial 
in these types of situations um, when the reports come out because nobody knows the full details. When they announce them, they just give you what they have, the face value, the basis of what the situation is. So there's always going to be that quick moment where the allegations and there will be denial. The allegations will be denied and it will be in pretty much full denial um, about the situations. Uh, the NBA has also hired an independent outside law firm to do this investigation. And so the NBA is covering themselves so there won't be much bias in it. So they hired an outside firm to do the investigation. But remember what I just said, folks, and we've talked about this several times um, on this podcast. And we talked about the racism in sports and the things that go on. There were allegations of racism and misogyny in a sometimes hostile and toxic workplace. Like, we always said it and we keep continue to say it. Who wants to be in a workplace that's toxic? And it's always what we like to say, the gentleman or whoever with the old money. The guys who have been tenured for so long. Like we said, he had a two-year, two-decade run, a two-decade tenure with the bank corps. He also had 17 years of service as to his tenure as a majority owner with the Suns. So like I said, this is probably just the tip of the iceberg. 17 years, and we don't know the full extent. We'll probably never know the full extent, but we can also go on a limb and say that in 17 years, this is not just happening. It's been happening all along, but someone finally got the courage to speak out and bring it to the attention, and then someone finally listened. Um, sometimes it may take a long time for these things to come out because, like I mentioned, his 17-year tenure, there could have been cover-ups, um, it could have been other things behind the scene where people just were told not to say anything. Uh, there could have been people pressured not to say anything. And like I said, it only takes one person to at some point uh, strum up the courage to speak out and get these allegations out. And someone has done it. And it's always a former employee. So I guess people feel safer once they are removed from the situation to bring it up because, again, we won't know. We don't know what type of consequences could be strewn upon them if they made these statements or these so-called allegations while they are still currently employed with a particular company. So a lot of people feel more comfortable once they're removed from the situation to speak out and bring the allegations to the forefront which I have no real issues with because, again, it's better to do things in a safe way than it would be to do them in a hostile environment. Like they said, it was sometimes hostile. So like I said, us from the outside looking in, we'll never truly know what the situations was, if there was consequences, if there was pressure on these employees or these particular people to not say things at any given time. So... In conjunction with that, moving on to another sport, we've told you several times about the Washington, the now Washington Commanders and their owner, Dan Snyder, and all of the allegations that have come about with him. Uh, it went so far as to him, him, him even being included 
in the situation with John Gruden with the emails and all of that jazz. So there are new allegations against Dan Snyder, and these possibly could finally spell his downfall because he's been hanging on for a long time, okay? Um, this investigation, again, claims of sexual harassment and hostile work environment have now taken a turn. They are manipulating its finan their financial records in attempts to avoid giving visiting teams their share of revenue as well as withholding refundable deposits for fans. So, you know, that will definitely strike a nerve with the NFL and the front offices of the NFL. It will also strike a nerve because of the revenue sharing that was agreed upon in the collective bargaining agreement. Um, the, the allegations, the outlines behavior uh, where Congress claims that may implicate Snyder and the commanders for being engaged in a troubling, long-running, and potentially unlawful pattern of financial conduct that victimized thousands of team fans in the National Football League. So, of course, it's coming out and it's being investigated because the big boy, the big brother, is involved, the NFL. So they're definitely going to do something about it. Like I always tell you when I talk about the NFL and we talk about the racism issues in the NFL and other things going on with the NFL, they will protect the house. It's a known fact. When their name comes up or it starts to affect them, they will do everything in their power to protect the house. Uh, it was a former employee who appeared before Congress and told these lawmakers that the commanders kept two sets of financial books. Another reason for the NFL to step in. One of those books held the actual figures. The other that was sent to the NFL underreported ticket sales so the team could avoid revenue sharing. Again, this is a breach of contract, if you will, because it's in the collective bargaining agreement that it's revenue sharing. That's why it's called revenue sharing. That's why it says it. Exactly what it is. But they're hiding stuff so they can keep all of the money and not share with the other teams and with the big brother, the organization, the NFL. They also, Congress has also learned that the team implemented a scheme for over a decade designed to keep refundable deposits set aside for seat licenses with no intention of returning the deposits to fans when their license expired. So they were even duping the fans. Fans were scheduled to get refunds, and they just didn't do it. They held on to all the funds. Um, Mr. Snyder purchased the team in 99. Rather than return the security deposits to customers at the end of the lease term, team executives directed employees to establish roadblocks to prevent customers from obtaining the security deposits they were due effectively allowing the team to retain that money. So as we always know, it's always about the money. It's always about the money. And like I said, right now with this with these allegations, the NFL is a huge part of this. So they are going to be heavily heavily involved and they said this could actually finally spell the downfall of Mr. Snyder. The estimated funds from this scheme total five million 
impacting approximately 2,000 individuals. He said, um, the Lowell Rich, thanks for tuning in. The employee that brought all of this stuff to Congress, he said the commander executives used the term juice as a code word for funds that were not being reported to the NFL. So you, you can't do that. And it's In a nutshell, it's stealing. And again, breach of contract. It's in the collective bargaining agreement. So they're saying that they had a portion of the revenue, commander's game tickets, which totaled $162,360, should be falsely processed as a non-shareable revenue from the Navy versus Notre Dame college game. So they even went as far as had other events at the stadium that they got funds from that were supposed to be shared that they did not share. It meant that 160000 was not reported to the NFL and the subsequent 40% split of revenues for visiting teams with the commanders pocketing the entire amount. Again, like I said, it was not just football. There, the same was done with the Kenny Chesney concert. They are in clear breach of the owner's agreement. The collective bargaining agreement are based off reported NFL revenue. Any team withholding or underreporting revenue impacts the player's cut of revenue. The commanders are vehemently denying the evidence presented to the FTC. Again, like I mentioned to you, the denial, the immediate denial, because now they know they're caught. So they've used the denial to stall out a little bit, to again try to devise a plan of action for them being caught and how to explain them being caught in their wrongdoings. But it's not going to happen. Like I said, the NF, they hired, you know, um, like the NBA, they have Congresses involved in this. Like the NBA, I mean, hired an outside firm to do that investigation on the Suns owner. The NFL has Congress involved in this and the FTC, which is the Federal Trade Commission. So they have major big wigs involved. And again, like I said, once Big Brother gets involved and it starts to handle or hamper the funding, and you said it, and like the article said, it could play a very, very heavy price on the players' revenue sharing, which could cause a problem with the NFL, with their players and the players' union. So the NFL has stepped in and they are looking to get to the bottom of this situation moving along you know it, it got a lot to get to today uh i am going to talk a little ben simmons uh but what i'm going to do now is i'm going to take a quick break when i come back i am going to talk a little bit more about this race for mvp some things i noticed uh in the playoff games on saturday between the Sixers and the Raptors and the Jazz, I mean, not the Jazz, the Nuggets and the Warriors. And again, like I mentioned, I'm going to talk a little bit of Ben Simmons. It's a lot. It's like a big circus up there. One day it's on the left-hand side. The next hour or two it's on the right-hand side. And it's a lot of back and forth. So I'm going to touch on that a little bit. And I'm also going to get you ready for tonight's playoff games uh, in the NBA. Also, I want to give a quick shout out to my guy. He's been here with us uh, way back when. 
He did the interview on the show. He is a Super Bowl champion with the Philadelphia Eagles. Family to the boss lady, Simply Monica. My guy, Rashard Davis. Have to give him a shout-out. Playing now for the Tampa Bay Bandits in the USFL. And as I say that, I did not give you those scores. So I'll give you those scores definitely before I take this quick break. But shout-outs to my guy, Rashad Davis, uh, number 81 for the Tampa Bay Bandits in the USFL. They play the Pittsburgh team tonight, which is rescheduled due to weather uh, from yesterday. That game will be 8 p.m. on Fox Sports 1. Also, if you see the top of my shirt, you probably can't see the whole thing, and I'm going to do a little something later. But I'm going to adjust the camera for you so you see it, just so you see Studying never stops. Shout-outs to my guy, Brandon Ross, and his clothing line, Studying Never Stops. Known the young man for a long time now. Um, very proud of the young man and proud of his growth. So I finally got my shirt, and I'm wearing it in support. So, Brandon, I got you, and I love what you're doing to keep up the great work. Uh, in the USFL scores, the inaugural game for the reemergence of the USFL was Saturday. New Jersey fell to Birmingham 28-24. There were supposed to be three games yesterday, but like I said, because of the weather in Birmingham, the third game was postponed or rescheduled for tonight. But in the two games yesterday, Houston outlasts Michigan 17-12, and New Orleans gets past Philadelphia 23-17. With that being said, folks, it's now 11.45, 45 minutes past the 11 a.m. hour. You are tuned in to Heat 100 Radio, Sports Rap Podcast. Going to take a quick break, my first break, and I'll be right back with you guys on the other side. Thank you to everybody that tuned in. Lowell Rich, Stan, Coach Stan, uh, Hez Green, Cuzzo, Margarita, Frank, Robert Reeves, and everybody else that tunes in that might not uh, be willing to jump in and comment. But I got something on the other side that I'm sure some people may comment on. So just sit with me, sit tight. I'll see you on the other side in just a couple minutes. Here on Heat 100 Radio, heat100radio.com. You know where we are. We are also live again. Facebook, Sports Red Podcast is the group page, and that's where we are. So everybody that was with me this morning, come on back and tune in and check back in with me. Got some stuff for you on this second half. Uh, of the show, some stuff that I think will bring some pretty decent dialogue. Um, I initially, wow, I'm slipping today. I initially said that I would touch on some Ben Simmons issues or some Ben Simmons talk, but I don't really know if I want to stay there or not. But just to give you uh, a little prerequisite of what I was going to touch on, there seems to be a lot of back and forth, a lot of differences and stories with the gentleman now. Um, he may come back and play sometime in, the, in this first round series. He may not. Uh, it's gotten to the point where some of the players are rumored to even be frustrated with him um, and him not being able to fully participate in five on five or team drills. He has still been regulated to individual workouts. So it even got to the point where one player who still remains nameless allegedly mentioned to Ben Simmons, and I quote, 
Make something happen in your life. End quote. We can take that a whole bunch of ways because we know what the Nets got. Obviously, like I mentioned last week, they are possibly beginning to realize and see what they have with this gentleman. Um, there's also rumors that he walks around, and one of the quotes was that when he walks around like he's Michael Jordan, um, we don't know, or MJ, we don't know what MJ they're talking about, but it can definitely not be Michael Jordan. So there's a lot of back and forth um, going on with that situation, and it's probably going to never end for him. The dude is a pompous ass, if you will. Excuse my French. That That's probably the best way I can put it right now. Uh, because we all know his story, the alleged mental health issues, but now he's on the Brooklyn Nets and he's sitting on the bench collecting a paycheck and he's not getting fined at currently. So he appears to be fine. Yeah, I paused for a second on purpose because like I said, he appears to be fine. And you all know how I feel. I've mentioned it several times on air, how I feel about playing with that mental health piece it's not a joke um it's something that i take very seriously and a lot of other people take it very seriously there have been players in the past who have most recently spoken out about their mental health issues where they were struggling and how it took them a long time to get back to where they are now some of them even said that they even had to get away from basketball, something that they thought would give them that sanctuary or that sanity to get through, and it didn't because of everything else that goes around at that level, everything that goes around the NBA basketball level. So it's a lot more than just the playing of basketball, and we all understand that because we all know that the NBA is a business. So there have been several players that have struggled and now he made that claim and now he apparently seems to be fine, like no uh, repercussions and no anything, which I find hard to believe because like I've always mentioned in the entire situation, I understand people's healing processes and timetables are different, but having worked in the field knowing people that have suffered or that have dealt with mental health issues you don't usually come out completely out of it that quick i don't think you ever come completely out of a mental um challenge if you had it serious or not but i don't think what's up harry Pooh, what's going on I don't think you ever completely come out of it. Uh, I do, however, think that there will be some things that could trigger where you could have moments. They may not be that bad of moments, but you will have moments. So for him to claim that and to be where he is now and how you see him now, not sitting well with me um, too much. So that's all that I'm going to talk about on that situation and again like i said we always say i will definitely continue to watch the situation 
and see how it plays out. And then there's also that issue with him and filing a grievance against the Philadelphia 76ers. So we'll have some more to talk about, I'm sure, um, either in the offseason or as these playoffs progress, depending on what happens or what transpires in that grievance situation. Moving along, we talk about the playoffs. Uh, Kevin Wolf, thanks for tuning in. And we have some updated player uh, NBA awards uh, for the MVP. And when I give you these names, I'm going to give you the category and then the names. But these these are like, for me, this is no specific order. These are basically the top three uh, candidates who are running in the runnings for each of these awards. For the coach of the year, it's Taylor Jenkins of the Memphis Grizzlies, Eric Spolstra, the Miami Heat, and Monty Williams of the Phoenix Suns. I'm okay with that list. Um, I definitely, in my opinion, if I had to just stick with these three, I would go with Taylor Jenkins at one, Eric Spolster at two. Uh, the reason I say that, because the Grizzlies are one of the youngest teams uh, in the league right now, and they showed major, major progress. Um, I don't remember where they were last year in the playoffs. I think they were at the, they were definitely in the bottom tier. But this year they ended up in the number two seed. So definitely Taylor Jenkins' name should be mentioned. Um, the Eric Spolstra mentioned, I get it. Nobody expected Miami to be the top seed in the East. You know, like we talked several weeks, the ongoing favorite before the season started for the number one seed to win the East uh, was the Brooklyn Nets. And look how things have changed dramatically, where the Nets were in the play-in tournament and they got in the playoffs at the number seven seed. Miami Heat were the number one seed. The most improved players... Got Darius Garland of the Cleveland Cavaliers, John Morant of the Grizzlies, and DeJounte Murray of the San Antonio Spurs. I can probably get some backing and some support here when I say this name, another name that I feel like should be in this conversation. The Sixers, number zero, the young kid, Tyrese Maxey, who has been phenomenal all season long. He has taken this opportunity, thanks to Ben Simmons being who he is, presented this opportunity for Tyrese Maxey. He has taken it and run with it. So I feel like just by his play alone, not even the simple fact that I'm a Sixers fan and I'm a Philadelphia native, but I can call a spade a spade and I see what I've saw. I've seen what I've seen, okay? His play, in my opinion, should put him in this conversation for most improved player in the league. Moving on to defensive player of the year, Mikael Bridges of the Suns, Rudy Gobert of the Jazz, and Marcus Smart of the Boston Celtics. There's a lot of hate I feel around the Sixers. Um, I also feel like in this category you could throw Matisse Dibel's name in that in that hat. Uh, some of these other guys may have a step above him, but if you're just going to dialogue, you're going to fully 
dialogue and analyze the situation, I feel like he should be in this dialogue, in this conversation as well. The sixth man of the year, Tyler Hero of the Miami Heat, Cameron Johnson of the Suns, and Kevin Love of the Cleveland Cavaliers. Haven't seen much of the Cleveland Cavaliers, but I understand what they did and how they got into the playoffs this year with that young squad. I'm not 100% sure if I would put Kevin Love in a top three category for this award. But again, I don't have a vote, so I'm just giving you my opinions as I give them to you each and every Monday. For the Rookie of the Year, Scotty Barnes of the Toronto Raptors, Cade Cunningham of the Detroit Pistons, and Evan Mobley of the Cleveland Cavaliers. This is the only list that if I had to pick one to say I totally agree with, it's the strongest one for me. And it's one that I pretty much agree with. I really don't have any questions about any of those three uh, for Rookie of the Year. Finally, for MVP, Giannis, Embiid, and Jokic. So you know where I could go with this. I could go with the simple evaluation and say that the hate for the Sixers and the hate for Embiid is abundant right now. If you look at the playoff games, game ones for both players, as far as we're going to take Giannis out of the mix right now, because the big talk is arguably Joel or Nikola Jokic. The Warriors ran the shoes off of Jokic the other night in that playoff game, game one, and they lost that game. Sixers, on the other hand, beat up on the Toronto Raptors. And people will argue, well, Joker scored 25 and had almost had a triple-double. I, I can give you that, but they lost. Joel Embiid didn't have his typical scoring night because he was getting fouled a lot. So he shot a lot of free throws. But it doesn't really help in that, right, because he shoots 82% from the free throw line. But what I mentioned in a post, a post shortly after the game or the next day is that he made a lot of plays and kept encouraging his teammates to propel them to the win. So in my opinion, that is what an MVP does. I'm not scoring at my normal rate, but I'm going to do everything else in my power to help the rest of this team succeed and we get this win. And they won that game in easy fashion. There was little runs, and we all know basketball is a game of runs. Cuzzo, Klein, thanks for tuning in. We know that basketball is a game of runs, so teams are going to have runs. The Raptors in game one against the Sixers got in foul trouble early, so their rhythm was off. I mentioned to people I have a gut feeling, and it showed for me the year following the Toronto Raptors title win when Kawhi left that they were penciling in Pascal Siakam to be the face of that franchise because Kyle was aging. Um, for me, he just didn't push the needle that much for me. Just like people have been saying, and we've seen it, that James Harden, people have continuously said, James Harden continues to fade away in the playoffs. I felt like Pascal Siakam tended, tends to do the same thing. 
although he did have a quiet 25 or 26 points. But understand when I say it was a real quiet 26 points. He got a lot of his points when the game was pretty much out of their hands. Game was pretty much lost for them, and then he began to score. So we'll see what happens uh, tonight in game two when they are without Gary Trent Jr., Thaddeus Young, and Scotty Barnes. So we'll see how him and Fred, Fred Van Vliet hold up with whatever else they have left to play uh, in the game. And people will say, oh, well, they don't have their starters and they don't have this key person. It's playoff time. That's not our issue as far as the Philadelphia Sixers are concerned and the Philadelphia fan base. It's not our issue because people will say the same things when the when this uh, series. No, Quan, I don't think it's going to be a sweep. I think they're going to get one in Toronto just because, and it always happens like that. Uh, but people are going to say a lot of the same things about the Sixers because we all know the situation with Matisse Thybul, who was ineligible to play in Toronto because of his vaccination situation and the strict, the extremely strict guidelines that they have in Canada. So we're going to get a little bit of that on both sides of the fence. But Joel Embiid played his normal minutes. He did the things that he should have done as a leader. And there's a picture, it was floating around on the internet, where Jokic was sitting on a bench and it looked like he was just going to pass out on the bench. But he did not will his team to a win. Although the Sixers had Tyrese Maxey, I still say, after the starters, that Nikola Jokic's support supporting cast is a touch better than the Sixers' bench and supporting cast. And he could not will them to a win in game one. But Joel Embiid got his team. Like I said, he did the other things necessary to get his team a win in that game. So we'll see how this MVP race um, continues to play out, you know. And But I will tell you this. If the award does not go to Joel Embiid, there will be an uproar. Um, I think it would be a disgrace. And I think they will come up with a bunch of excuses and throw in all these little quirky stats that they use to try and justify them awarding if they do award Nikola Jokic the MVP for the second year in a row. So the next thing I want to bring up and I posted it yesterday and I got a couple got a little bit of feedback from a couple friends of mine, uh Theron Gee, Mark Murray and I told you guys that I was going to bring it to the show today. So if you guys are tuned in, get ready cuz here it comes. There's a quote from former NBA player Matthew Mario Hezonia played for a couple teams played for the Phoenix Suns I know in Orlando Magic at least those are the two teams that pop right into my head I'm not 100% sure if he played for anybody else but those two teams are the teams that pop immediately into my head and apparently he was in a conversation and apparently he was asked about a return or a possible return to the NBA and this is what he had to say. And I quote, I have no desire to return to the NBA. I saw a lot of things there. I am not going to return there. I didn't get the respect on the court as I deserved. In addition, in my opinion, 
Basketball in the NBA is more of a show than a game. End quote. So, we can dissect this, go different ways with it. Uh, Some of the feedback I got yesterday was that he was not all that good. He feels like he's a little bit better than he is. Understandable. Love his confidence as an NBA player, overseas player, professional basketball player. Love that confidence, so I have no issues with that. One of the bigger questions what I was looking for when I posted it yesterday was the bottom half of this where it says, where he says that basketball and the NBA is more of a show than a game. So we all know that the American professional sports are sports, but they are entertainment. We know this because of the money that's involved. We know this because of how rules have changed in certain sports. We know this because we see how the officiating has been poor in just about all of the sports over the past several years. So we understand that it is entertainment. And one of the things I asked was, did he have a point? And I agree. Um, He does have a solid point where NBA now is more of a show than a game. And when I say that, I say that because of the three-point shot where everyone shoots threes now, where prior to these most recent years, you had your legit wing players, your guards and your small forwards that would be the ones shooting the threes. Now you have seven-footers, alleged centers that shoot the three. You have this thing they call the hybrid power forward, okay, or the flex power forward. Whatever you want to, whatever name you want to give it right now, where you've got every everybody in the NBA shooting three points. It helps with the score because you get an extra point with the bucket. But everyone is not equipped at shooting the three point shot. So he does have a point there. Some of the other stuff he says, um, he says he saw a lot of things there. He could very well, and I'm just speculating here, he could very well be talking about some of the things I said earlier about what goes on outside of basketball within the NBA. Because we know, again, it's a business and we know it's entertainment. So we know a lot of things go on that us fans will never be privy to that will likely never come to the forefront and be in the mainstream media. So it's very well possible that he saw some things that kind of turned him off to the NBA. And it could be a list of things. I'm not even going to give you a short list or anything, but it could be a lot of things that could have went on. Like I said, behind the scenes, outside of actually playing the games, which made him feel that he would not come back. And also his confidence level. I have no issues with that. Like he said, he felt he didn't get the respect on the court that he deserved. That's his opinion. That's his right. And again, as a professional athlete, I love the competitive nature and I love that confidence. So I have no issues with him making that statement. So he does have a point. It's just a matter of how you look at it and where you look at in this statement.
um, and him making his point. But there is a point to be made, and I think he made his point um, very well visible in this conversation, in this dialogue. So you look at it in a way where you see how some of these players get broken down how some players get privileges that other players don't. We see it all the time in the NBA, how certain star players or top-tier players get calls and other players don't. We see it, as we've talked about it, pretty much all season long with Joel Embiid in his play, where there have been games when he's been getting beat up, where he should be getting a lot more foul calls, and he doesn't. We've seen instances in games when Joel Embiid, with his size, may foul, um, for, may foul an opponent. And for us, on the outside looking in, you wouldn't guess that it's they look at it and call it a flagrant, but a lot of times they do. And then you turn around and you see something very similar happen to Joel that's not called a flagrant one or not reviewed to see if they can call it a flagrant one. So there is some disparity. And again, we can take almost a whole show and talk about the officiating, how poor it's been over the past several years. We can definitely, I mean, really, really, we could take a whole two-hour slot and get to what the officiating has been in the NBA and in the NFL. You know, we could take an hour on each one and get that, and like I said, have a whole show on the officiating. But again... Mario makes a point, he makes his point visible, and quite a bit of the things that he mentioned in this quote, I really have no issues with. There was another post uh, that I put up, and it was in reference to each position in the NBA, and traditionally we would go point guard, shooting guard, small forward, power forward, center. And it was just something that I saw just to spark some dialogue. It was the most skilled NBA player at each position. At the point guard, this list gave Kyrie Irving. At shooting guard, they gave Kobe Bryant. Small forward, Kevin Durant. Power forward, Anthony Davis. And the center, Hakeem Olajuwon. In my opinion... Again, like I mentioned with the NBA awards where I only saw one list that I totally agreed with. I don't totally agree with this list. I do, however, I can say that I'm also very strong on two positions, the center and the shooting guard position. Um, with the small forward, with KD there coming in a very close third, the point guard position, although I like a lot of the things that Kyrie does, there are some names that could be challenging um, to that title. And the power forward with Anthony Davis, somebody that gets hurt, gets hurt every year. There are some other names that could be added into that as the most skilled at that position. With that being said, folks, Wrapping up another installment of the Sports Rap Podcast. Like I said, you see, 
I've got my Sixers hat on. I'm in support. So once again, check out the USFL, which is back, and we'll be getting more coverage on that as the season progresses. Like I mentioned, this weekend was the inaugural week. They've got one more game to conclude week one tonight. Shout-outs again to my guy, Rashard Davis, uh, who will be playing for the Tampa Bay Bandits. So take a look at that game. It's spring football, something to get you hyped to carry you over uh, until the draft and then the NBA NFL season starts again. Uh, tonight, 8 p.m. on Fox Sports 1, Tampa Bay Bandits versus the Pittsburgh. I think it's the Pittsburgh Maulers. In other schedules for tonight, we've got Major League Baseball. Uh, I'm trying to find the schedule for tonight's Major League Baseball. Where am I up? It's right here in front of me. We're going to go with baseball first. We got the Twins and the Red Sox, the White Sox and the Guardians, the Diamondbacks and the Nationals, the Giants and the Mets, the Pirates and the Brewers, the Rays and the Cubs, the Angels and the Astros, the Phillies are in Colorado to face off against the Rockies, the Orioles and the A's, the Reds and the Padres, and the Braves and the Dodgers. In the NHL, Flames and the Blackhawks, the Capitals and the Avalanche, the Hurricanes and the Coyotes, the Devils and the Golden Knights, the Senators and the Kraken, and the Stars and the Canucks. Tonight, continuing play, Game 2's in the NBA playoffs. Toronto Raptors are back in South Philly to face off against our Philadelphia 76ers tonight on TNT. I think that game is slated for 7.30. The Jazz and the Mavs on NBA TV. And closing out tonight's NBA schedule, the Nuggets are in Golden State to play, or in Oakland to play the Golden State Warriors. That game also on TNT. As always, folks, be great on purpose. Remember to tune in each and every Monday right here on Heat 100 Radio, heat100radio.com. You can also find me all week on social media. YouTube, Sports Rap TV is the channel. Make sure you get there, subscribe to the channel. Check out the video content that is there. Make sure you hit the, make sure you hit the thumbs up on the videos that you like. Also, tell a friend to tell a friend and hit that bell so you'll be alerted when new video is uploaded. You can check the website, sportswrapradio.com. You can catch the audio on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and most of your podcast outlets. Like I mentioned here every Monday, live on Facebook in the group page, Sportswrap Podcast. Instagram and Twitter at sportswrap underscore D. Be great on purpose. Enjoy this Monday. It is a little chilly out today. I don't know what's going on with this weather. We just had some beautiful days last week. Uh, I think it's supposed to pick up a little bit later on in the week, but bear with it. It's coming. Sun is supposed to shine out today a little bit. There is supposed to be a little bit of rain, but a great way to kick off your week. Um, enjoy the breeze. Just appropriately and enjoy. We'll see you right back here next Monday, 11 a.m. And again, stay tuned for Soul Opera coming back. And Wednesday morning, 9 a.m., the new morning rush right here on Heat 100 Radio. Thanks to everybody that tuned in. Thank you for all of your support. It's your boy, 
SportsWebD signing out for today. And again, I'll see you all week on social media. Tonight, it's all about the Sixers. Go Sixers. We are looking to go up 2-0, traveling to Toronto. With the injuries, I don't see us not winning tonight. So we are in the mood. Like I mentioned, I'm going to show you again. I got my Sixers hat on. I'm in support. Sixers, Raptors tonight, 730 TNT. See you all next week.